to Average Genius. It's a podcast about all kinds of jobs and the unique people that perform them. The unique people that perform them. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Here we go, another episode of Average Genius, and today I'm excited because my guest is a professional podcast producer. So my name is Lowell Berlanti, and I am a supervising producer and senior sound designer at iHeartRadio Podcasts. So uh, I have my own show through them, but um, I have worked on a lot of different shows, but uh, right now I'm just working on my show, and then I do all the different audio and technical and gear stuff that we um, need around uh, for like, we have like 570 shows or something. And that's part of the reason why I'm so excited to talk to you today is because you have so much experience as a legitimate podcast producer. And I think I saw on your website, it doesn't look like you're self-taught. It looks like you actually have an educational background in audio, visual, uh, technical. I do not. Oh, you do not. Okay. So I didn't read it correctly (laughs) is what you're saying. Oh yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I guess, uh, what is it? Uh, I did video production for like 10 years, but, uh, you know, I just majored in communications, uh, essentially graduating, um, graduated in 2008 from UNC Charlotte. Um, and then did video production for like 10 years cause I couldn't find a job doing anything else. And I liked making stupid YouTube videos, uh, but I never really did anything with audio. I mean, I didn't know anything, um, other than like throw some music underneath a drone track and then, um, I just happened to know somebody who worked at iHeart uh, right when they were hiring producers, and I just got really, really into podcasting. So for the last two years, I've been basically consumed by it. Okay, so you just had the video background, but not the audio. And when you transitioned to podcast, what made you fall in love with podcasting where you wanted to actually switch over? I saw it as, well, it was just, um, it felt like, I'm sorry, uh, I think... I love the fact that there isn't video, like, because it, it feels like it simplifies things a little bit for me, um, whereas, like, video people, you know, they have to worry about both, but I guess the medium, I, I find the medium really interesting because, uh, you know, it's like reading a book in the sense that you're uh, imagining everyone's envisioning it differently, like, you're you're the director, essentially, Um but the medium of podcasting is so great because you can do other things while you're listening. So I see a huge amount of growth. That's like, you know, everyone knows podcasting has exploded and everyone has a podcast. But this is like when Bitcoin was at like $500, you know, like it's going to double in the next five years for sure. And then maybe double again because um, there's still so many people that don't listen. Um, so I feel like there's a lot of good opportunities in podcasting right now. Yeah, so easy to listen. You can just be working out. You can have it on the background. When I work, I have it on the background. When I'm outside in the afternoons, when I'm taking a walk, I have it on. It's just good to have it behind you. It's so easy. And I do prefer that it's audio. When you see anything visual and the editing is bad, like you see a hard cut and you can tell something was clipped out, it's really jarring. But with podcasts, you can get the the editing a little bit more finely tuned and you don't really no, there was dead space. You don't know there was flubbed words. You just, you just hear the, the clean audio. Yeah. You can do a lot, um, with audio. Um, you know, I guess like, do, are you come from a video background? I'm sorry. I'm about to touch my mic. No, I don't have any background in audio or visual. So that's why okay. editing for me is some, sometimes the, uh, the worst. Cause like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Just got to kind of play with it and figure it out. Yeah. And, uh, the podcasting subreddit was a good one. I'm in the, um, the mixing, like subreddits here, mixing, mastering, audio production ones. And those, those music guys, man, they're on a whole nother level. Uh, it's really absurd. And we have some podcast producers that came from music backgrounds and, you know, 
they're just sending bus tracks and side chains all over the place. And I'm just like, that's cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure a music background would be probably the most helpful for anything in podcasting where you just really know how to play with the audio. Well, that or journalism. Oh, okay. Yeah. Journalism. <laughs> I could see that. That's got a lot of, uh, a lot of production value to it as well. Cause I mean, I feel like you can get decent quality audio for like whatever you paid for your uh, audio technica mic and uh with then put together really great content and um you're gonna create the npr moment driveway moment um as opposed to somebody you can like get the best sounding audio quality but doesn't want to write or research right you have to get the content there you have to get the quality and when you're working on your own podcast or anybody else's podcast about how long do you spend editing one episode? Because that to me is one of the things that really shocked me once I started editing my episodes. It took so much longer than I would have ever thought it would. Yeah, so um, I guess when I first started out, I was probably more like you, where I wanted to cut out every breath and you know make everything really, really seamless. Um, but I think uh, basically, <laughs> well, most people don't really care. Um, if there's like a um or a breath or a like in there. Uh, so I think you can try and reduce it uh, as much as possibly you can. But with my stuff, it really it just depends on the show. Like well, we've got true crime stuff that we do with Tenderfoot and, um, you know, that's heavily edited. Um, and there's a team of people that are working on it. But for mine, uh, it doesn't actually take that long to edit, really. The hard part is the freaking writing, man. Like, we're doing the research, the writing, putting the episode together, draft, like, reassembling uh, the script and all that stuff. That's kind of interesting because I do read all the subreddits about podcasting and how to make it great and how to make it grow and how to make people fall in love with your podcast. And a lot of people are focused on that editing, you know, make it crisp audio, make it clear. And, you know, if you have bad editing, nobody's going to listen. So you're kind of giving a little bit of a different perspective on it basically just like you can leave breaths in um yeah but uh it, it, there's no reason not to have good audio quality audio you know because i mean it's just the barrier to entry is low for getting good quality all the information's out on youtube um I, shit i build all these um acoustic panels myself um because i mean god it would have been like two grand if i had bought them so okay yeah. so you're crafty you're making things for yourself yeah, when lockdown first started, I I got it. I wanted to get into a little bit of woodworking, and uh, God, I should have bought stockpiled lumber back then. Because now I want to do like a custom bed, and it's like God, lumber prices are just stupid. I'm like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, lumber and Bitcoin just jumped up together. I don't know what was uh, the deal with that, but they must have talked to each other. The lumber uh, industry and Bitcoin, they they really nailed the pandemic as far as prices. Oh God, graphics cards, lumber. I don't know if Bitcoin's ever gonna go down, man. Yeah, it's got that flow. It goes up and then it comes back down, but not much. It's like 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 housing prices it goes up, goes down a little bit, goes up, goes down a little bit. I just yeah. got this freaking uh, assessment of my value of my house. I I bought it less than almost almost two years ago. I paid one ninety seven. They just valued it at three hundred and five thousand dollars. Dude, a hundred yeah. grand in two years. This is ridiculous. Like, I, yeah, that's good for you. It's a good time to uh, cash out and move somewhere cheaper and hope it I does know. the same thing there. What I was thinking is uh, cashing out, investing it, and then just renting. Yeah, that's not a bad plan either. I thought about that actually as uh, selling my place and then buying one of the cheaper cryptocurrencies like Cardano or something like that and Ooh. hoping it turns into a Bitcoin. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, God, I just, you, you'll hear about like the exit scams, you know? So I, I would mean, 
I don't think I could ever put more than like 20% of my money in Bitcoin or something. Cause you know, the, um, like Quadriga, there's a podcast just recently about it called exit scam, but, uh, they just like cash out, take everyone's Bitcoin and just fake their own death. Yeah, that can happen. You can get scammed, but thankfully I don't have enough money to put in to where I'd be losing a, a life savings or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. 20% is like, you know, a thousand bucks or something. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. Not a big problem. And how many podcasts do you work on as a podcast producer currently? Currently, I only work on Prodigy, uh, my show, okay. um, because they made me the so supervising producer. I was a producer, but um, they promoted me to senior sound designer because my the person before me left, and I guess I'm like the person that's like obsessed with all the tech stuff. So um, it just basically means that. If anyone has any like technical question or they need gear ordered, like I spend a lot of time just making orders of different equipment. Like, got Sweetwater, my Sweetwater rep on speed dial, um, and uh, so I spend a lot of time doing that stuff and uh, more administrative side stuff now. So, but before I was working at some point, like I don't know, like five shows at once or something. Um, oh, I, I forgot, I do work on one other show. I've been producing it where it really just editing it mixing mastering and publishing uh the show called before breakfast and it's every day uh five like a five minutes a day so she sends me like all five files on sunday or whenever and then um and the titles and descriptions and i like run it all through isotope uh, make any edits that if they needs it and then upload it all and she does actually like that show because it takes me like i don't know (laughs) two hours a week and um but it does so many downloads i actually get a bonus from the I guess once you hit a certain number of downloads, we have like some kind of bonus structure. I'm not really sure. A bonus structure is always nice. That's not <laughs> bad. We're only working on two podcasts and one of them's five minute episodes. Is it pretty typical for a podcast producer to be on three, four, five podcasts at once? Because some of the podcasts I listen to, I see the producers kind of bounce around. Maybe they're on three, four shows. Oh, man. I would say it's not super common. Because, I mean, you know, like it's. It, <laughs> We have hosts that like host multiple shows too, but it's a uh, it, it it's a lot, you know. It's, it's, I guess it depends on how intensive the show is. You can have one show with like just multiple producers working on it full time, uh, or like you know, then a producer that could do maybe three, four shows by themselves. Um, so I guess it just dep- depends on the format. What I always hated was uh, when I first started, they had me like back and forth shows, like we're having right now. I would just get the files, clean them up, edit them, mix master, export. And I, that was boring to me. Okay, what, what made it so boring for these? <sighs> well, it just feels very manual labor, you know. And I was entry level. I never worked in podcasting or whatever. So my very first thing was like, I should probably pitch my own show so I can, like, I guess, boost my career or whatever. Um, and I wanted to have someone else host it originally because I have no interest in being on microphone. But uh, and then I realized it's way easier to bootstrap a show if you are also the host. So I just did it. Um, but it did pretty good. I got like 400k downloads in the first season. Uh, it took a little while to find my um, cadence, I guess, the way that I do my voiceovers. I was pausing a lot. <laughs> People were like, I can't. I don't know if you're gonna stop or start again or what. But I think I got that figured out for season two. So. Yeah, you'll get it going. And you had some really interesting episodes on your podcast. I saw you had one about uh, streamer or uh, speedrunners for gaming. And I always find that interesting. I watch uh, videos by Summoning Salt on YouTube, who makes different documentary type YouTube videos about speedrunners. You know, that type of thing is really uh, popping oh, cool. on YouTube right now. 
Yeah, speedrunning. Uh, we had um, that one. Uh, I actually met a producer on uh, Reddit that was interested in getting into podcasting, and I let her produce it. Alex Cardinale, and um, she did a good job with that one. Uh, we did have a guy on the guy who I guess he had the record at the time for Ocarina of Time, fastest speedrun. Um, but yeah, it was really fun to watch them do the ones with the glitches. You know, they like back up and then like turn around and smack a rock, and it's like they get transported to the credits. Yeah, it's just so much detail and it's so much time to figure out the little glitches and would hit hit back, hit A, hit B, you know, hit these different little combinations so quickly. I, I couldn't do it, but it's really fun to watch. And you mentioned that you just started in podcasting at an entry level. Did they give you any type of training on podcasting? Because it, at least to me, I think companies have gotten into podcasting later than individuals. And it's really more you know, Spotify doing podcasts, iHeartRadio, it's more traditional radio-based companies moving over. Did they have certain things they wanted you to learn specific to podcasting or was it just taking the music model? So how stuff works, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. You ever heard of the podcast Stuff You Should Know? Yeah. And then there's stuff you missed in history class and stuff they don't want you to know. So those were, that was like, the company was how stuff works and they mostly did videos tutorials on youtube articles um and then i guess podcasting started sort of started and they were like hey let's see what this is all about at the very beginning um and then it started to get to the point where it's like the podcasting was blowing up and they were making more money from that and their rep they weren't really getting the revenue they wanted on youtube so they turned themselves into a podcasting company uh and then they were bought by discovery and then they were bought by iHeartRadio. radio so when podcasting was exploding these Networks were going around buying up all the, um, uh, I'm sorry, these companies, these big Fortune 100 companies are going around buying these networks uh, as an investment. And iHeart got us at a deal. I mean, you know, later on, like, you know, Wonder gets bought for like, what, like a billion dollars or something. Like, you know, they didn't pay that for us. Um, but uh, it's a big industry now. Uh, and then, oh, the question, oh, the model. Right? Okay, so. Not really, because uh, a lot of the people that came from How Stuff Works were like sort of like came from video, and they're great storytellers, really great people. But a lot of them weren't super like audio technical people, um, and so and we've expanded so fast. So that's like what I'm doing right now is uh, doing like a series of tutorials and training for like when anytime we bring out a new producer, like here's all the info you can see exactly like what you need to do. Um, yeah, it's hard though, man. That's nice. Yeah, it's hard to learn how to podcast. And do you ever read those kind of how-to tutorials on Reddit or find a YouTube video and see those and just see people saying things that are completely wrong about how to podcast? Um, yeah, well, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Like, sometimes I'll see people ask a question and then they'll give wrong answers or they'll give kind of like what I consider to be like a crappy answer. They're like... And maybe it fits them, but they're like, oh, I'll just run it through a phonic. And I'm like, mm, just learn how to compress. Like, I mean, it you're going to get better quality, and it's it's not that complicated. Um, but, uh, oh, man, I was, the other day, like a week ago, I woke up grumpy, and we were, there was a post about loudness, and um, I was, like, just being very short with people, and they, they got mad at me, um, gave me some downvotes, but... Um, oh, well, that's going to happen. And do you feel like anybody's ever being too stubborn? when you're trying to tell them, hey, this is a good way to do it, and they oh, try, yeah. to, try to talk back, even though you're a legitimate producer. Yes, definitely. That happened earlier today, actually. Uh, let's see. I'll pull that right up. Because yeah, you're the guy people should be asking. I mean, they should ask you, and they should just do what you tell them. Well, <laughs> I mean, if people are like, 
I know I'm not like the nicest guy. Like I come off a little bit sharp, but uh, if they're like grateful, like I will literally sit down and give you hours and hours of my time to help you like learn this stuff just because I enjoy it. Oh yeah, this guy. <laughs> this is the guy that he just put. Anyway, uh, yeah, they they asked about mixing and rendering in Audacity, and they said, "I found a girl explaining some mixing in Audacity, Auto Duck, and then she said, and then I mix and render." Should I mix and render before I export? Isn't that the same step? And I was just like, mixing is like compression and EQ. Autoducting isn't mixing. Um, I said, you should learn how to do uh, EQ and compression and adjust for loudness. And um, the person responded and they were like, no, mixing is like when you combine everything. And I was just like, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I know what she's talking about on Audacity because I use, use Audacity, but. Uh... Use Audacity? I'm sorry. Yeah, use Audacity, but I would I would defer to whatever you say, you know, whatever oh, <laughs> talking about the, the mixing and rendering. I just have the basic skills to put different clips together. Yeah, you know, clean Aud- things up. Audacity is a great free tool. I, you know, the only thing is is like it's a destructive editor. So whereas like when I'm editing in Audition or Reaper or something like that, um, like I can apply effects and then I can later go back and like adjust the first effect I put on. Uh whereas Audacity, you know, you can't. You gotta undo, 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 or like save different versions and stuff but audacity did get bought so i heard they're going to add in uh, non-destructive editing oh that's nice and as a professional producer would you ever use something like audacity that's destructive where you don't have as much freedom and control i mean i would i would use it for like if i needed somebody to like locally record on their end really quick or something but um i mean i have no reason to because i have a creative cloud um or i would use reaper but yeah, I mean, it's not a, you can get incredible results. It's just, uh, it's a, not the most effective way to work, especially when you have a big project. All right. I see what you're talking about. Yeah. You want to, you want to go with whatever's the best. So I'm sure you I mean, know what that free. is. But Reaper is also free because, you know, I don't know if you heard about it, but it's 60, it's free. Like, like how WinRare is free. Like it just box pops up and says like, you know, your trial expired, but you can keep using it. But it's only 60 bucks if you buy the full version, but it's like full featured, has everything. It's just a little bit um, confusing for people to get into. Yeah, I can see the confusion. You got to keep things simple when you don't have any kind of background in anything. Especially if you don't need all that stuff. I mean, because with what you're doing, you probably you know, don't. Oh, yeah, I definitely don't need anything that's complicated or anything that costs money because I don't understand most of what's in there anyway. <laughs> well, God, I have to say that I find audacity to be a very ugly and confusing to me interface whereas audition maybe it's because i've worked in adobe creative suite for like 12 years or something but audition i feel like i just picked it right up so software is one thing when you're podcasting but you were talking about buying equipment for people who are professionally podcasting i mean do you really need the most expensive mics are people who are doing these big podcasts actually getting the top gear are they getting pretty good gear and then that's good enough you don't need anything more than you have. Like you could hit, make a number one sell, like number one top of the chart show with the mic that you have. Um, but the podcasting equipment is pretty cheap compared to like something like video. I mean, this is a four hundred dollar microphone, and it's like really high quality. Um, and then my interface is like really good noise. Well, th- I'm using a different one now, but you know, it's like you're talking about like a thousand bucks or something for like a really high quality setup. Um, uh, but like, whereas video, it would be, you know, 10 grand just for a uh, entry level, like black magic 4k kit fully rigged out. Um, so, but no, is it necessary? No, 
but uh, I think it's like that little bit of difference that the person is like, wow, that sounds really good. This is professional. Okay, so small differences. It's kind of hard to tell when you're first starting a podcast and you're looking through the equipment. You look through those subreddits or you look through those YouTube videos talking about what mic to use. And then people are giving you all these options. They're going through, this is a $1,000 mic. This is $400. This is six. This is you know $50. And it's so confusing. It I do this be- every day with pretty, they're like, we're, they're like, oh, I'm producing this show. We got new hosts. I'm like, okay, I got to ask them like 50 back and forth questions to figure out what to order them. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I really like the Audio-Technica 2020. Um, it's a good mic. And um, I had like a 2005 USB, um, but I sold it to a guy who, like when the pandemic started, do you remember that like mics were all out of stock? Oh yeah, everything's out of stock. So he couldn't get a USB mic and I was like, oh, I have this one sitting around. So I just, um, but uh, yeah, now I've got a decent collection of mics. Um, but that one's fine. Uh, I like it and you can get really high quality with it. If you learn a little bit about EQ and compression and then the biggest difference that I did this, I made a post on the subreddit uh, like a while back and I said, uh, like I'm a sound engineer guy, like send me your show. I'll listen for a minute and I'll tell you what you can do to improve the quality. And I had like 120, uh, submissions. It took me like two days to go through them all. And the number one thing is always the room. Always. That makes sense. I can see that. I, I had to pick the room that I've got, you know. Totally. Not Yeah, not everyone can. That's what that most people, they have some space. Like we have even our hosts. I mean, Laura Vanderkam does, uh, you know, 1.5 million downloads a month, and she doesn't have, like, a dedicated podcasting space. So what you hear is, like, reverb, you know. It's like uh, your voice bounces off the front wall, bounces behind you, and bounces into the front of your mic. Me, I'm <laughs> real clicky. My mouth is... um. Sorry. Yeah, but, the, little, uh, the little pops. But it, how, how quick can you take out reverb as somebody who's super skilled at being a producer? Oh, man. Well, we use Isotope. makes it really easy. Um, so it just, you click a button and it's like analyzing. And then you're like, this is how much reverb I want to take off. Oh, that's nice. You've got, a, it, got the equipment for it. So it's not a big deal. Yeah, Isotope is a really powerful tool. But it's like $400 for the software. So it's not cheap. But... The thing about reverb is that if you apply it basically at all, you can notice on the signal, like um, it degrades the signal. Uh, so let's say you need a lot of dereverbing and a very, like a lot of reverb, it's noticeably going to affect like your actual voice too. So you want to avoid it if possible. Okay. So try to avoid it. That makes sense. And you created your own podcast and you were already working at the, the network, right? That's what you said, which is nice. Uh, how often are these networks looking to create podcasts in-house versus just picking somebody out and then turning their podcast into something that they produce? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, it's different based on the network. Uh, iHeart seems to be more focused on uh, partnering up with other companies or celebrities and stuff like that. So they don't do like a very strong motivation for us to do our own shows, but um, I think they're very receptive. Uh, so unless, you know, your show um, pitch sucks, I mean, they're probably greenlight you. So um, I think it's just way easier to get a show greenlit if you already worked there. That's nice. You already have that inroad, and it's pretty cool that they're trying to let you pitch shows and make your way up. Because it'd be great to do this as a profession. Like if somebody wanted to throw me a $100 million contract to uh, 
just podcast and <laughs> just interview oh, random really? people. Yeah, just get that Joe Rogan contract. Yeah, yeah, you could become a famous YouTube star too. Yeah, YouTube would be good. Get that ad money. Well, I know you. What everybody always asks on the subreddit, at least three, four times a day, because I'm also a moderator on there, is uh, how do I grow my podcast? Right. Right. Yeah. Everybody wants to know, like, there's some kind of formula that they just haven't found yet, and if they follow that formula, then they're just gonna blow up. Oh God. Well, God, I, mean, I think there's like, what can I do to get like five more? Li- I don't know what they expect, but yeah, it's it's essentially like, how do I make my business really successful you know it's like it's a grind basically um if you're not a celebrity or somebody like with a hundred thousand twitter followers you're gonna have to go out and get those people either that or you do what jack resatter says is create something that's bingeable and viral viral like uh, a what's the ratio of like plus one so every time somebody listens to it they're like hey you gotta listen to this podcast and then it does the growth itself. Uh, it's really hard to do, though. I mean, because you have to create something like really, really good. Right. You can't just say, I'm going to start a podcast and then it's going to become successful overnight. You got to figure out how to make it successful and how to make it popular. Even if it's like pretty damn good and you put a lot of work into it, like to get it to the point where it's like somebody feels like motivation to share it with somebody, like you get a little bit of pleasure from like sharing something you really enjoyed. Getting to that point, it, I feel like it's not always like a huge increment but it makes all the difference that's a really good point and that's true because i listen to several podcasts and i don't think i ever think about telling anybody about them i just really listen to them and i think oh that's good but i keep it on as a background or i just pick it up when i'm not listening or watching to something else i haven't actually taken that step to say oh i'm gonna tell somebody i listened to this the other day yeah okay so if i was like uh i've never listened to a podcast um you know i'm just like a regular average guy I like a good story. Like, what should I listen to? What would you say? What I've been listening to lately is called Awfully Irish. And it's two guys. They're both Irish, as the name uh, implies. And they're young guys. They're both like 20. And I I think they're doing a really great job. They're interviewing a lot of people who are voiceover artists in video games. Oh, cool. And so they're going through like Call of Duty, um, those people. and, And then they do have more more broad showing of guests. I mean, they've interviewed people that work on, uh, that are paleontologists. So they're kind of working on dinosaur bones. They've had some people who are, uh, who else they had? They had Bruce Buffer, who's a UFC um, ring announcer. I mean, they have kind of a variety of guests, but mainly they're sticking to more of a niche, I guess, of voiceover artists and video games. No, that's cool. I mean, God, you're getting people that are great on the mic, right? It's a good call. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's smart to get people who have professional mic experience. See, see, I think if I was recommending somebody something, I would want to send, especially if it was their first time, like something that hooks you in really quick and you can't stop like binging. But other people listen to podcasts because they just like background noise. Like my cousin, Keith and the Girl, it's a podcast. I, I, I'd never heard of it till him, but it's, it's, I mean, it's popular. It's been around for like 10 years. They have like 3,000 episodes. He's listened to every single episode. And he actually, he even went out uh, and paid like on a Kickstarter to like go out to New York and like meet them and see the live show and all that stuff. Like he's a big fan. So um, yeah, that, that type of show probably wouldn't interest me, but um, I'm sure it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. There's so many different podcasts. I think all my Instagram followers are almost exclusively other podcasts that are trying to get Instagram followers and then everybody just follows each other. I'll do that on Twitter for a hot minute. Yeah. So 
it's hard to get your name out there. It's hard to get recognition. It's, it's good. You're with a network. Maybe that can pump you up uh, quite a bit. Well, they give me, yeah, they do give us some marketing resources, not exactly what I'd want, but like uh, cross promotions, you know, people are like, Oh, how do I grow? And say, well, um, you can like trade ads or what we call cross promotions. Um, but uh, I think so. Yeah, so like you're listening to a podcast and you hear an ad for another podcast. That's essentially it. So they give us like so many amount of impressions on our other shows. So that helps. Um, they put our banner ads uh, in the iHeart app. Um, and then what I did was um, don't tell anybody this. Well, it's not that. <laughs> I like negotiated or I asked a favor like one show like you ever listen to a podcast and you see another podcast episode in their feed it's not their show yeah yeah no struggling about and you're like some people are like i hate that and other people are like i just skip it and other people are like no i heard about good shows like that so well uh, let's say you know you you find a show that they have like i don't know four hundred thousand subscribers if i import my episode into their feed i'm gonna get like four hundred thousand downloads like automatically um not not plays because uh, there's a difference um and uh so like your hosting provider may give you analytics that say you have thirty thousand downloads but if you look at chartable where it's like ieb certified you're like oh it's only like two thousand plays so it could be downloaded they never played it but yeah so i did that on like a really big show and got like ninety thousand downloads in a day that's great yeah, that was really smart of you. It's good you've got that inroad. You've got that big network behind you. Well, they didn't uh, necessarily well, approve it. I just like was just like, please, can I? You got the access. I was like, very, very politely asked, yes, please. And then I'm like, yeah, I'll do it for you too. But you know, you're gonna get like 2,500 out of me. And for somebody who doesn't have that connection to a network, how feasible is that to pay for advertising in a big podcast? Because I don't know the prices. I don't know if you do either. I do. Uh, I know what the industry standards are. I don't know like what people pay us, but I'm assuming it's right around there. Uh, we call it CPM, cost per milli, cost per thousand downloads. So um, there's, uh, let's say there's three ad spots, a pre-roll, mid-roll, and a post-roll, uh, beginning, middle, and end. Um, normally there's two mid-roll spots, but don't worry about it. Uh, so a pre-roll, let's say I, you want an ad, you want your, a 30-second ad for your podcast to run on my podcast. Um, let's, and then my podcast gets 1,000 downloads. 1,000 people heard your ad. That would cost you between 18 to $25. We usually just say $20. Um, and the price could vary uh, based on the position. So if it was a post-roll, like, like nobody listens to those. So maybe you get that for like, you know, $10. Uh, or uh, we, we have when we have unused inventory in our show, so like no ad has, no company has targeted my spot. We sell those really cheap um, through Megaphone. They have like a marketplace. So like at companies come, like Coca-Cola come in and like buy up like, you know, a hundred thousand ad spots in like not that ideal position for really cheap. And they'll do that. That's why you'll hear just like a McDonald's ad or something on my podcast. It's like, well, no, McDonald's does not seek me out to advertise on my show it's dynamic ad insertion Um, but yeah so about twenty thousand twenty dollars per one thousand downloads per ad per ad so we usually have two pre-rolls four mid-rolls and two post-rolls so it's eight 
Okay, so it could be really expensive if you picked out a super popular podcast, or you could pick kind of like a mid-range podcast and get yourself some good advertising for not that much. I think trading is a good idea. Um, the difficult thing is like, well, you know, when it comes to like, what do you use for your hosting provider? I use Anchor right now. Okay. And that's totally fine. I mean, you can always like, the, the dynamic ad insertion is, it's only like when you get to like some certain number of downloads or it makes sense, but until then you bake them in, right? So, and I think what you should do is be like, hey, uh, instead of having like an ad spot, like, and this episode is brought to you by like, you just organically say, hey, you got to check out this guy's show. I really like it. Um, and then he does the same for you. And um, the I was actually working on a uh, a platform, sorry, plosive, a platform to facilitate that. Um, but I just like ran out of time and um, uh, couldn't come to like the right agreement with the technical co-founder. But yeah, a platform for um, uh, buying and selling cross promotions. That would be helpful. I'm sure a lot of people would like that. I've seen that on some podcasts that are smaller. They're trading promotions or they're trading ratings on Apple Podcasts, things like that. Well, you can hack. I think I'm pretty confident you can hack your way into new and noteworthy on Apple if you really want to, but you only have like a month after launch to get in. So, but you can do stuff like that. There's even, <laughs> I don't know. Do you ever listen to Darknet Diaries? Nah, I don't know what that is. Ah, it's my favorite. But the dude, he, Jack Resider, he, it's a cyber crime, it's true stories from the dark side of the internet, like cyber criminals, like hackers and stuff. And he was like, I want to listen to the show. It doesn't exist. So, you know what? I'm going to make it. So he did, and it, he grew it to, I mean, God, I don't know what, it, he, he does, what, like $3 million a month, I think? I don't know, somewhere around there, but, you know, it's crazy. And he only does one episode every two weeks because his episodes are, like, crazy research. Uh, but uh, he, oh, fuck, I completely forgot I was even going into that. Holy shit. I have <laughs> bad ADHD. Um, I forgot. Well, but, yeah, oh. any other questions you have that you might you think your listeners might be interested in? So I'm happy yeah. to talk to you later on about other um, type of stuff. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you real quick about your podcast as far as research and putting that together because yours looks really <laughs> professional, really well put together and really well researched. How much time do you actually spend on an episode? Because I don't have to do so much research on mine, so I just don't have a concept of how much people are spending on theirs. You just got to naturally be better. Than, like, I, could, I like I, I have to do a bunch of research and writing because I'm not like naturally good on the mic like some other people like you are. Um, but the very beginning, it was I, I probably spent a month at least on the first episode um, between like research, writing, putting the whole thing together because it's like it was like 70 percent voiceover of like from a script. Now I realize it's, it wasn't sustainable. I was burning out. So now um, I, 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 I pick a subject. I, I reach out to um, a guest, like an expert in the field. If they say yes, then I buy their book. I read it, put together notes, interview them. Then um, I transcribe it, uh, cut out anything I don't want, write some voiceover, and then record my voiceover and then throw it together. So you're looking at like... Maybe total a week per episode. That's a long time. That's why yours are coming out so good. You could do it faster, um, but I I can't because I mean I'm just I'm just not that good at certain things, you know. Like, yeah, but it's it's rough. Anything with a transcript, anything with I think a solo podcast is difficult. I tried to do a solo episode last <laughs> week just to see what it was like, and I couldn't get the recording down. It's so hard to do the voiceover. Oh yeah, did you read off a script? 
No, well, I had kind of an outline because I didn't want it to be robotic. I didn't want it to be a script, but then I would think of something really good and try to put it out. And then I would flub a word and then I'm like, oh shit, like I got to start over now. Like I just couldn't get down that rhythm. I couldn't figure out how to be okay with stopping and then restarting a sentence within the recording. And with the correct cadence or inflection, because I see sometimes people will stop and then they restart the sentence and it's a different inflection and it just doesn't sound right. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, that was my concern too. Like and a lot of people's concerns, like if I'm reading off a page, it's going to sound robotic. Um, and it does sometimes, but uh, what I did the very first episode, because I was like really trying to get it sounding natural is I memorized the sentence <laughs> and then like said it like I was talking to somebody with like hand gestures and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's not quite as natural for sure. Yeah, it's pretty difficult, but yeah. I'll go ahead and ask you one more question and then we'll get out of here. We don't have to take up the whole day doing an interview. If somebody was trying to get into podcast producing right now as their job, like they wanted to do that as a profession, what would be the best way of going about it? Wow, good question. Okay. Um, <clears throat> make a podcast for sure. But not necessarily even, don't be like, hey, I'm going to make a whole podcast season or forever. Make one episode. Make one 15-minute episode of a podcast. Write the whole script, borrow a mic, um, you know, and just, you will just learn along the way. Uh, also, you know, and then for technical stuff, YouTube, definitely use Audacity for your first episode. It's totally great for, you know, most everything. I mean, you could do every, anything with it. It's just when you get later on, it's just easier to use other tools. But yeah, make make a 15-minute episode. And then if you if it turns out good, you know, uh, what one thing to do is then once you make that 15-minute episode and you're like, I'm pretty good with this, send it out to some friends and say, I like, and ask them specific questions about feedback. What part did you not like? What part did you like the most? What part did, like, lost your attention? Was there any part that confused you? It's very specific questions. Not just, like, what did you think? They're going to be like, oh, it was fine. It was great. You want to know what you could do to improve. And some, not all of them will be valid. Some of them are just personal preference. But you will ask ten people, and you'll see the same thing said four or five times. And you'll be like, you know, that probably is valid. Um then if you want to take it a next step further, you can put together a trailer, two minutes, like hype it up, hype up your show. Uh, it's good practice. Create a 60 second one. Um, and then you can put together a pitch deck. That's if you want to get your podcast picked up by a network or um, uh, branded podcasts are a big thing now. You want to sell a company on a podcast. Uh, it's just like a, I have a template on my website, um, buildacast.com, but you basically, you know, it's like how you would pitch your show to somebody trailer or 60 second pitch uh audio and then uh, a pitch deck which is just like a little five page powerpoint that looks nice that's good to know straight from the mouth of a uh, professional well i mean i literally spend like 95 percent of my time thinking about this stuff but so i can definitely go off the rails about it but uh no i really really enjoyed uh chatting with you and um i'm gonna subscribe to your podcast and give you a uh four-star review i'm just kidding five-star review of course four stars pretty good i wouldn't mind a four-star review <laughs> the, oh, that's the ones that are valid right because people are like yeah. oh it's not fake it's not it's a real one <laughs> yeah five stars are where somebody got their cousin their friend that's right. yeah. said, Come, so, give me that five star that's what we tell ourselves we're like oh yeah it's like he only gives a three-star review it's like well it just shows like you're getting real ones now yeah but yep. thanks for letting me interview you and i'll yeah. turn the uh, recording off and then we'll get out of here so cool. thanks for listening everyone absolutely